Nico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, it is Christmas week. It is. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the love, the Christmas vibes, the cheer. It's wonderful. I cannot wait to stop working and get to Christmas. Yes. (laughs) Um, yes. I'm working three days this week. I think you're working three days this week. I am working three days this week. It's a tough three days, man. I feel that senioritis upon me. Like, oh my goodness. It's just like one of those things was like, come on, let this day end. Yeah. That's how I felt all day today. I'm going to feel that way tomorrow and on Wednesday until I get off for this Christmas holiday. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, speaking of Christmas, today. We are finishing our series, An Underrated Christmas. This was a mini-series, so we weren't going to go too long. It'd be weird <laughs> if we were talking about Christmas movies like on January 7th. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. So this is going to be the last movie we talk about. Uh, just if you're joining us for the first time, uh, what we're doing with the series is we're taking, we're taking a look. Man, I'm having <laughs> a hard time with that. We are taking a look at basically a few holiday movies that maybe don't get enough love or admiration that they, what we feel, rightly deserve. And so before we get into tonight's movie, uh, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and we're on plenty more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Five. Anything less is just petty. We're all over social media, so come and say hi. Stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Let's go! Let's do this. So today we are talking about the 2005. Wow, the early 2000s were very popular with this series. For Uh, sure. Yeah, so 2005's The Family Stone. Uh, Jessica, would you like to tell us a little bit about The Family Stone? I'll do the honors. The IMDb synopsis reads, an uptight conservative businesswoman accompanies her boyfriend to his eccentric and outgoing family's annual Christmas celebration and finds that she's a fish out of water in their free-spirited way of life. Yeah, so this movie is written and directed by Thomas Bazooka. Uh, He is director of Monte Carlo, which is that movie with Selena Gomez from like (gasps) 2000 and I don't know. And of the most recent 2020 film, Let Him Go, with your favorite guy, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. (laughs) Uh, So he doesn't have many credits uh, to his name. So yeah. uh, Hmm. But Interesting. it stars, and they put it in this order, and I'm only listening yes. to women because it I, focuses. I remember this because when I was watching, I was like, why are some of these getting, why did somebody get top billing right. above another person? Which is funny that you mentioned that. So I'm only listening to women here because there's a huge cast in this. But in this order is where they appear on the billing. Yeah. Claire Danes gets top billing. Uh in front of Diane Keaton, yes, Rachel McAdams, and Sarah Jessica Parker, yes. So Claire Danes gets top billing. Why does Claire Danes get top billing? And she's got the least, least amount of screen time. Least amount of screen time, At, bro. Great agents, great agents. Whoever to you are, to get it ahead of Diane Keaton and Rachel McAdams and Sarah Jessica Parker, who are largely in the movie, right? It's like about them, like so. It's weird. 
Uh, it's we weird. also have in the movie uh, Dermot Mulrooney. Yes. Who most people know from My Best Friend's Wedding. And Greg T. Nelson, who most people will know from there's a show, Coach, the show Coach back in the day. Or even now, uh, Parenthood on NBC, a show that he was on for a few years. Uh, so, yeah, this movie. Oh, wait, no, and the, interesting. What, which Wilson? Oh, duh, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. <clears throat> uh, yeah. yeah, his part is hilarious <laughs> to me. Uh, so, uh, this movie is loaded with people. Stacked uh, cast. Stacked cast. Great but, cast. Uh, it's almost not exactly who we would have had, actually. Oh my god. Are there casting what ifs? Is there that what you're are me? casting what ifs. So <laughs> apparently the <laughs> So there's You're already two, laughing. You're already I'm already laughing. laughing because the two parts so we have uh Dermot Mulrooney and Luke Wilson who play brothers in yes. Everett and Ben. So uh, apparently that was not originally who was going to be them. Uh, the original casting for them was going to be Billy Crudup, uh, oh. who is famous for almost famous. Almost famous. <laughs> yep. And uh, Big Fish. And Big Fish. And then Johnny Knoxville. No. Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> you're joking. And you, if you're thinking, wait, the guys from that crazy ass show on MTV back in the day where We're they the were jackass, just, right? Yeah, what jackass. If you're thinking that Johnny Knoxville, yes, that is the Johnny Knoxville I'm talking about. Uh, luckily, that did not happen. And yep, we got yep. ourselves Mulrooney and Wilson. Uh, another person that uh, was actually cast, was first cast as Everett, was Aaron Eckhart. Which I can totally see I that. I could see it. I could totally see it. Yeah. Uh, and I think would fit in at least the way the family looks and just, I don't know, the, the like the dynamic. It looks like he could fit in. A little bit more, but I see what they were trying to do with Everett's character anyway. He was like the kind of like the standout of the family, like um, slightly different than my family type of thing. That's uh-huh. what they were trying to do with the movie. Uh, but he couldn't because of scheduling conflicts. So, ouch. Now, this movie in a trend that we've been seeing with the <laughs> movies that we've chosen uh, did not get a great reception, Jessica. Is no. that right? So right now it's sitting at a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a travesty. Um, (laughs) Absolutely unacceptable. 63% audience score, so it is a little higher for the audience. The critics' consensus is as follows. This family holiday dramedy features fine performances, but awkward shifts of tone. Uh, Doesn't really tell me much, but sure. Like, uh, yeah, so the movie itself made uh, just a little bit over $60 million domestically, $92.2 million worldwide. Oh, that's not bad. No, it's not bad at all for yeah, a Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie. made, I mean, it's not... It's not like a property, could, could, you know? Yeah, it couldn't have been very expensive to make either because no, you it's just, just throw, like production. You throw like it's these people salaries, in a room. Yeah, it's yeah. mostly salaries uh, because you're just having these people in a room for like a few days, pretty mm. much like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. here's this room. Here's this room. So, yeah. um, now what general, your general thoughts, what are your general thoughts about this movie? I had fond memories of this. I had only watched it once before rewatching it. Okay. And I remember watching it, you know, around Christmas time, it was with family and I always watch Christmas movies with my mom and my sister. Like, I don't know where my dad is. <laughs> he's never around. <laughs> he's um, off. he's <laughs> off somewhere. I don't even know. But, um, 
yeah, I, I think we were all really emotional the first time we watched it, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And then rewatching it, I was like, this is really, really good. I mean, no, no caveat or anything. It's a really good movie, and I'm still amazed by it, and it's still just such an emotional journey, I think, that these characters take, and they take you with them. Uh, and it's just so timely. I think that it's ballsy for the time that it was made. It was made in 2005, and even today, I feel like the conversations that the family's having and the reactions that they're having to um, Sarah Jessica Parker's character are very like timely. Like you would have this today, this issue today, if this character walked into your house or whatever. Um, and it's kind of a touching. I think yes. the ending comes out of left field for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, maybe they're not expecting it to get that dark, um, in a sense. So I think that overall it's a fantastic movie, would highly recommend it. And, you know, like I said before, when I first watched it, it hits you like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I... So this was my first time watching it. I had what? Ne- yeah, I had never seen it. I had what? never seen it. You're kidding. No, I'm not. You know, okay, so That's I, this hysterical. is a weird Tell me. This is a weird thing because there are like these three movies that we have chosen in this series. <laughs> I have watched for the first time within the past year. Right? I didn't yes. watch them when they came out or I didn't watch them even, you know, a few years after that. Like these are movies that just flew by for me, you know, like yeah. they were in my periphery, but I never, you know, glanced over. Like I, wow. I had heard of all these movies, yeah. but I never like dove in because I guess I, I just went to watch other movies or anything well, else. Yeah, yeah. And this is uh, the whole theme of our series is like an underrated, underrated Christmas. And I this am is, the example all, of this. Yes. I am one of those people You're the culprit. Who, yeah, I'm the culprit. Like, I am the one who ignored these movies for all oh. these years. And I, you know, coming back now and watching them, you know, it, it created a bit of a fondness for them because now I see, oh, I missed out on this. Like, when, yeah. I, when I could have seen it earlier, you know? Uh, and regardless of what the critics think, I think this movie is very... It's charming because you have some great performances from great it's, people. And like, the chemistry between yes. this cast is so good. It's so good. It's, it's believable. So it's believable that it they're is. a family. Oh, it's so believable. Uh, and, you know, Diane Keaton is effortless in her yeah. charm, in her wit. You know, you can you can easily just get along with that character, which how, how fun she is. Yeah. Uh, Rachel McAdams, my girl. You've seen this girl. I've and seen. You've this, seen this character. I've seen you this. Have character. a friend like this, yeah. Y- yes. Or a family member. Yes, y- there is a family member. And if you member. don't, you are that family member. <laughs> <laughs> you are right about that. Um, you know, you have Everett by Mulrooney, who I feel like Mul- Mulrooney missed out like on a giant career somewhere. Hmm. You know, like. He was in my best friend's wedding, and I felt like that should have been the movie to like the catapult. Pad. Yeah, the launching yes. pad towards a giant career, but it never happened. Never materialized. Never materialized. It, it was. It's one of those things. Those what ifs in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and he then of course, been, he, I mean, I think Matthew McConaughey basically took his spot. You think? You think he did? 
Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I don't they know They were if, doing rom-coms at the same time. Like, he did yeah, Wedding Date. That's true. While Matthew McConaughey was doing, like, 10... Uh, How to Lose Guy in 10 Days yeah. and stuff like that. So, I, I mean... Maybe he I took his like, career, but I, I feel like those two occupy kind of different spaces. You no, know, now... It's completely, you know, it's gone. Like the potential is wasted. So one of one of the things that I've heard that term of like when when two actors kind of like one cancels each other out uh, is a market correction. You can't have <laughs> two of the same type. And yes. one of them, I think, the biggest example was uh, Paul Rudd in, in the late '90s had a guy who he was kind of going up against because they had like a similar vibe. Or they had a similar type of, you know, like charm. And it was the guy from um, Office Space, um, oh, Ron yeah, Livingston. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like basically Paul Rudd just kind of like yeah. took Ate the him career. In the yeah, com- <laughs> yeah, yeah. He took his career and then Ron Livingston just never ascended past Office Space, which was like a huge cultural and cult following to that movie, yeah, but it never yeah. went anywhere with it. So uh, so that's what I feel happened to Mulrooney, but I'm not exactly sure who did it to him. Well, someone I put forth did. Matthew McConaughey, but you somebody, did. somebody did. Somebody Somebody took his career, for yes, sure. somebody took his career. Because uh, my best friend's wedding, I mean... Any you know, guy who no would have gotten that part, believe. any yeah. guy who would have gotten that part should have launched into... Should have been a star. Should have been a star. Should have yeah. been a star. Yeah. Uh, okay. So back to the movie itself. Uh, Luke Wilson is funny. Uh, you know, he's part of the Wilson brothers. Like they're, <laughs> you're going to get comedy from there. Um, I think that there's so much warmth throughout the movie. Yes. That if, oh, great but word. sometimes it feels so weird when there's like this animosity mm. towards Meredith's character, which yes. is Meredith, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Uh, that it, catches me by surprise because how how they react to her and how they deal with her yeah exactly and so uh i even said it to myself like at the very beginning before we even meet meredith like i get it they show her as high strung like businesswoman Uh and she's on the phone all the time it's christmas i don't care that it's christmas you gotta do that (laughs) and she's wearing very restrictive clothing and high pumps like heels and their hair pulled back slicked back very you know like i i get her personality but the fact that the family i'm sorry (laughs) they're a bunch of dicks to her like it oh my is god ridiculous yes how, how terrible they her. are i i that was something that me and my sister were discussing when we were watching it i was like i turned to her and i was like she hasn't i mean don't correct me if i'm wrong she hasn't done anything no. to warrant this kind of behavior from the family she hasn't you know done anything wrong at this point she's just being herself and trying to She's a fish out of water. She's uncomfortable, and they're not making it any easier on no, her. No, they're not. They are being the absolute worst. They're absolutely crucifying her. Totally. And like, there is a point in the movie where, like, mm, this is when she crosses the line, and I can understand why they're upset. Right. But before that, I'm like, there's no reason for that behavior. That's completely unwarranted, very inappropriate, and you know, for what's essentially like going to be a fiance like the meaning behind her coming for christmas is he thinks that this is a lasting relationship then they should be even more accommodating yeah but no this family is just like 
we don't like her, nothing. And judging her, judging everything her. she does is Bro, up for like her. in her face, just like saying stuff about her. Yes. Right to her face. It's like, damn So you it. were taken aback by the family's I was taken aback by antics. how nice the family seemed mm. versus how they treated someone who wasn't part of the family. Right. At least, you know, in that in that moment, she wasn't uh-huh. part of the family. Uh, so, uh, you know what? Let's run through the plot of the okay, movie. Very, we'll go. So let's keep it very short because yeah, it's, yeah. it's simple. I it's, mean, it's very simple. Yeah. Uh, but before we do, uh, did you give this movie a score on your rewatch? Four out of five. A four out of five. Yes. I gave it a three and a half out of five. I thought it was uh, very mm-hmm. enjoyable. I'll get through what maybe I didn't find so great <laughs> in just a moment. So. Uh, real quick, the plot, we do meet uh, Meredith and Everett. They are a New York couple. She is a businesswoman, always talking on the phone, trying to get things done, doesn't <laughs> care about the holidays or what holiday it is. got to get it done. And so Everett is taking her to meet his family. Yes. Uh, we meet the family before she gets there. So you have, of course, Diane Keaton is the mother of the family, she is a very uh, a fun grandma type. Like she she plays that role. I don't uh, think I don't think that Diane Keaton never met a, a turtleneck that she didn't love. That is very true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, you know, she's married with Craig T. Nelson's character, um, and then of course we have the adult children. So we have Rachel McAdams, who's Everett's sister. We yep. have also. Uh, uh, Thaddeus, who is the brother, he is deaf. Uh, yeah, and he happens to be gay as well. He has yeah, a yeah. So his husband is. Her husband. Do I have this right? No, I don't. No, you don't. You probably don't have it right. I definitely don't. Oh, Patrick, that's the name of the husband. Patrick that's the, yeah, Thomas. Patrick. Yes. Played by Brian J. White. Yes, that cool. is the. And so we still have one more sister. Uh, yeah, her name is Susanna, and her name is her real name is Elizabeth Reeser, and you might know her from the Twilight Saga. <laughs> she yes, plays, that's where it is. Yes. That's where it is. I was like racking my brain throughout the movie. Where is she from? Yes, she's um, from the Twilight Saga. So, so we f- meet the family, um, and so then she finally, me. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. So finally, uh, Meredith and Everett arrive. It's a bit of a chilly reception by the family not exactly heartwarming and then we meet one more member of the family and that is uh luke wilson's ben shows up yes and he is immediately taken by meredith like he you can see that he's paying attention to her yes he is kind of almost like studying her Yes. observing her yes but he's also like you can tell like he's interested in her in in a way, yes, in some weird way, but he in, in some a way. weird way, yeah, he's uh, intrigued by her. He is intrigued. I think by he's her. he finds her amusing. That's one way of saying. It. <laughs> I think he definitely amusing. finds her amusing. Uh, so <laughs> there's some activities that happens, kind of like charades, and and there's a lot of like bickering about her, you know, yes. and you know, really not 
painting her in a good light. Kind of some passive aggressive stuff with Rachel McAdams's character Amy. It's definitely aggressive stuff. It's <laughs> going definitely on. aggressive. She is the one that always brings like the gossip to the family. She is yeah, there, she's like, got all the oh, I can't. Be- you'll never believe what she did. I met her in the city. She wouldn't stop talking. Blah 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 blah. That's Rachel describing. She's got a throat clearing tick. She sounds yeah. like she's <clears throat> digging for oysters. <laughs> yeah. So. She's the one with the chief mayor. She brings it to the family. Exactly. And now the family has this vision of her and they treat her as such with that vision. Right. Because they're they're biased already. Yeah, they're biased already. Because coming in and like coming in hot going, she's terrible. And then on top of that, just to add even more, Everett is bringing her to meet the family, but not just to meet the family, but because he wants to propose. He's coming to collect. And he's coming to collect the, wait for it, the family stone. So, uh, and now the mother, Diane but Keaton. But their last name is Stone as well. Well, that is true. Uh, <laughs> she does not want to give it to Ever, even though she promised him that she it was going to be. She says no. Which she is, says no. Listen, that's not okay. That's unacceptable, I think. I mean. To say no because I don't approve of your marriage. Right. It, it sucks. <laughs> like, I don't like man. her. Right. If he was like a 20-year-old spring chicken. Yeah. I'm 20. Oh, I'm in love. I'm a freshman in college. I'm in a purple. No. Like, I can understand her be like, no, I don't think, I think you should wait or something. At least saying, I think you should wait. Right. Um, I get that. For her to say no, and he's like nearly 40 years old. (laughs) Uh, no. (laughs) Like, and then, like, he even says, you promised, and she says, tough shit. Yeah, she says tough shit. Like, no. So, uh, so we have that dynamic there. Yeah. Uh, then. Another character enters the picture, and it's Meredith's sister coming kind of to the rescue, I guess, because Meredith called her, like, because she was Side feeling note, so... she's a terrible sister. Oh, yeah. Claire Danes is a terrible sister. Oh, yeah, sister. no, we'll, we'll get, we'll into, get that. into that for sure. But she shows up <laughs> to the aid of Meredith, at least. Yeah, That's how it's she, supposed Meredith to be. Meredith was like, I need help. I need you here. I can't do this without you. And Claire right. Danes shows up, leaves their family's Christmas celebration to come help her out, like deal and with it. Immediately, there is googly eyes from Everett towards Meredith's sister. Immediately, immediately when she steps off he's like, the bus, yes, Oof. he's like, "Oh my god!" Like terrible. Right. And then after that, we get another messy interaction at the dinner table, where we'll talk you know, about this. Yes, they they mention about Thaddeus. The fact that he is a homosexual and, you know, he's deaf. And then a very, very awkward conversation happens surrounding that. Yes. Basically everything going on with him and his partner. Yeah. Um, so Meredith tries to escape. She crashes the car. The only one that comes out to her is Ben. Not and, the sister. Not the sister. Not, not the, the sister who's there to, to be with her and nope. help her. Or the boyfriend. The boyfriend's the just boyfriend. at the table. No, Ben, the brother who's been studying her, takes <laughs> her out. You need to unwind. You need to loosen up. Takes her to a bar. So she's out. And then Claire Danes and Everett decide, let's go look for your sister. But then they basically spend the entire time like on a romantic walk almost because they're like having like these life you know, life so choice thing, like, conversations. He goes, he goes to the hotel or the B&B or whatever and is like, oh, is she here? And Claire Danes goes, oh, and she's not here, which 
what the hell was she doing in the hotel by herself? Like not even calling her, looking not for even her sister. Her or anything. She's like, oh, I'll go, I'll go walk around and see if she's around, like with you. And then they have that like walk, right. like they they go on like a date. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It feels like a date. Uh, at back at the bar, Meredith is unwinding. She meets <laughs> a couple of EMTs. One of who we've heard of their name. It was Rachel Brad Mc- Stevenson. Yes, Brad Stevenson. <laughs> Who apparently uh, took Rachel McAdams' character's virginity right. back in the day? You popped and- Amy's cherry. <laughs> <laughs> she buys them drinks. They're having fun. She invites him to the house for Christmas. Christmas morning. Morning. <laughs> you know, even though like <laughs> everything going on, everything's going to shit, and she's like, "Come everything. over." <laughs> yeah, she's like, invites him. Then in all we, we get to the next day, and. Meredith is in Ben's bed. Yes. And I think she's uh, she doesn't have clothes on either. She doesn't have like a shirt or anything. She does have like her bra, oh, okay. but like she's not wearing a shirt. She's not, you know, so questionable, questionable. Uh, ben is not in the room. He's uh, conveniently at the moment taking a shower. Uh, <laughs> the dad is the one that discovers it, walks into the room and sees her in his bed. So now the dad is like, oh, shit, here we go. But I love when when Ben walks out of the room and the dad sees him and he's like, he's got eyes out for him. Like, he's like, I'm going to yep. pull him aside. And then like grabs him by the those, neck. Yes, grabs him by the neck. Like those devil eyes. And he's like, I got a, I got a bone to pick with you. I, I got some dirt on you. While that's going on upstairs, downstairs, Everett is showing the ring to everyone and tells Claire Dane's character, put it on. I want to see how it looks. Why you try it on? Yeah. That's and, bullshit. Yeah, I know. And as, you know, going, you know, as much as she protests, she puts it on. And of course it looks great, but it doesn't come off because no, it's stuck. It's stuck. And she has bigger fingers than her sister. <laughs> she even warned him. So now, you know, there's she Meredith comes downstairs all hurried. Then they escape to a room and Claire has the ring on her finger. What is that? This is the ring. That Everett's going to propose to you. With. Yeah. Why are you wearing it? <laughs> and then she immediately turns back and is like, where were you last night? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a back yeah, and a forth Yeah, a lot of thing. stories converging yes. at this Christmas morning. Ben shows up yeah. at the front door <laughs> with a present for Rachel McAdams. Badly wrapped. <laughs> Badly wrapped. Uh, they walk in and then, you know, a confrontation finally happens. This is the moment where... She lets out Meredith. Uh, she gives everyone their presence. She's trying to avoid Everett's conversation. She gives everyone right. their presence. And it's a picture of Diane Keaton's character when they were young, mm-hmm. when she was young, uh, pregnant with Rachel mm-hmm. McAdams' character. Why is this significant? Because we did learn about midway through the movie that she is sick. Yes, and she's dying of cancer. Yeah, Presumably breast cancer because she had a double mastectomy. Right. So uh, this is very touching to the entire family. Uh, and it's very tough for them. Uh, and at that moment is when she confronts Everett. I know you're going to ask me to marry you. And I was going to say no. Like she confronts him. Yes. And then he says, I wasn't going to ask you to marry me. In front of the family. Yes. And she like just outbursts. I know you guys all hate me and I'm trying and, and all this. Does Me- nobody love 
me. Right. Does nobody <laughs> love me? Yeah. So she leaves. She runs out. And then that's when it's blurted out that she may have slept with Ben. So uh-huh. Everett starts chasing Ben around yeah, in the so house. Yeah, so it's kind of like a Tom and Jerry kind of moment. Yes, and you hear the music, like the Christmas <laughs> like crazy music. Yes. Uh, so then finally Meredith, you know, blocks herself away. She gets away. It, the story gets resolved because it gets then resolved. people get coupled up the way that their chemistry is leading them to at right. this Christmas. Um and we kind of round out the whole story with, you know, fast forward, time jump a year later. It's now the next Christmas. Um, Diane Keaton is no longer with the family. She has passed away, presumably from from her illness. And, yeah. you know, the family looks different. You know, uh, Thad and his partner now have a baby that they adopted. And so the baby, this is the baby's first Christmas. And it's just extremely emotional for them because they're trimming the tree, they're decorating the tree, and, you know, they're without the matriarch of the family. And, you know, the final shot of the movie is of that framed photo of Diane Keaton when she was pregnant, and it's just right by the tree. So they can all look at it, and I don't know why Michael Giacchino just decides to turn up and like it completely wrecks me. Yes. Um the closing scene scene is just waterworks for me. It <laughs> because really is. um it's a great resolution, you know, after all of the you know, blood, sweat and tears that they had last Christmas and the fights that they had, they are still the family stone. Right. They are still yeah. the family stone. I think that goes that kind of leads us into you know, some of the good, some of the bad of this movie and some of the like larger topics that this movie is trying to tackle, you know, either subtly or overtly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So let's start off with this. Let's start off with the family chaos that this movie like brings up. Like we have (laughs) like the oddball family and we have the fish. Okay. So here's the thing. In 2005, this family was progressive. Right um, in this in this year, extremely yeah. progressive of a family to have, um, you know, I think alone just to have the the gay son, right? That alone and with a in two thousand five, fully accepted into the family, and um, you know, all of the kids kind of being the family itself is very worldly, so like they're very open, and I think there was a joke that like. Um, Christmas is not clothing optional this year. We have a guest. So like they have to actually put on clothes <laughs> this year to meet um, Meredith who's coming to visit. And like the whole family is very much an odd family in 2005. Right. at In 2005. Today, this family is normal. <laughs> yeah. This is a normal, slightly yeah. conservative family. Yeah. 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 Slightly <laughs> Family, because if you watch movies or anything nowadays, this family would be like, mm-hmm. there would be so many things that they they would have as a family uh, nowadays that in 2005 weren't even being talked about mm. at that time. So, yeah. So for its time, a progressive family. Um, and so with that, you have, you know, a gay partnership between uh, the son and his partner, 
Uh, you have and them talk. And it's interracial as well. It, it's interracial as well. Yeah. On top of that, so yeah, at the time, 2005, I can see why this movie would have been very, and I put it in quotation marks, liberal is how people would label that movie back in 2005. If you look at uh, the way conservative media would talk about that movie, it's like, oh, that's super liberal, but but <laughs> if only they knew. If only they knew. Uh, I think that the movie handles that entire aspect uh, solidly, although uh, you, I don't think they ever show them, sh- you know, even kiss like the two characters. I don't think they ever do. No, they, they no, just they show them show like hugging or yeah, or yeah. you know, they never show them like interacting. Oh, and the that ASL. Way. Ah, this is another the, thing. The gay son is also deaf or partially deaf, and um, the whole family uses ASL to communicate with him, and so that's also progressive. Have you ever seen a movie really kind of use ASL like this movie does? Not I, really. No. I can't think of any. No, because. Most Which of the time, is a whole another language. It's yeah, it's a language. It's a completely so, different language. Uh, yeah. The only time you ever see, like, very rudimentary like sign language stuff happen, usually is in movies where it's some type of either apocalyptic movie. A person doesn't speak, so they sign, and so it, that's right. like the it's a device of the movie instead of you know part of just like the character more i think this movie views it more as inclusive and in a very natural way within the story and the family dynamic um and i think that's commendable it's nice to see now i will say that the the use of the asl apparently was a little bit criticized they they thought that it was uh, subpar <laughs> yeah right it, by the american sign language like society or i don't know if it's a a group but basically saying that the way it was used in the movie was not very you know great um, yeah but so some critics <laughs> and the cast members themselves pointed out that their asl was subpar like the i guess they're they weren't like uh fluent, fluent. they were proficient yeah right um so but it was i think it was actually a realistic portrayal of a hearing family's use of the language, which is often like perfunctory at best, which is, yeah, because I think what most times when, when there's someone who is deaf in the family, uh, not everyone in the family is going to be proficient. Not everyone's going to go to Spanish one, two, three, four, let alone learn ASL, like in a classroom. Not, not in that way. (laughs) No, which is kind of what, what I think, it would be ideal, of course, but yeah. that doesn't happen. So, no, they learn on the fly they as learn, they go, and, right? So that's yeah. why a lot of the motions—they're not signing everything that they say, but mm. they. Rem- there's a lot of moments where you feel like they're remembering that Thaddeus is there in the room. So, like, then they start signing. They see him, and then they're like, "Oh, okay. Oh, let yeah. Me, like, hey, let me let me yeah. make sure that he's involved in the conversation, or that I'm talking to him." Yeah. So I. I think that's very realistic of how and you can see that they're be. the way that they're saying things is very much using their mouth. Like just in case he is reading lips, yeah. I feel like they're also pronouncing everything for that in mind. Yeah, for that in mind, I I, I believe that as well. Now, I wanted to talk about the dynamic between Meredith and the family. Uh, I, let's go back to when they meet. 
obviously mm-hmm. fish out of water. Also, the family dynamic, we don't like her type of thing that we've seen. She, in okay, so everyone is basically in a form of pajama throughout the movie. Yeah. Pretty much. The family is dressed very casually, and very then casual. automatically she's at odds with them because she's constantly dressing up. Yes. You know, especially compared to them. I don't know about you, but I have never been to a family function, like a Christmas or Thanksgiving, where people are wearing heels. No, unless like it's like a true and party. So that, to me, screams f- fancy, posh, um, overdressed. Fair enough. And I'm sure that this family... When they saw her, thought she looked like a joke. Probably. Probably <laughs> did. You know, she's very, you know, her, everything is fixed in place. Her hair is slicked back. And she looks like she has a stick up her ass. True. Now, here's the question. That being said, that is not a reason to treat her like shit. Right. Is, is Meredith as terrible as the family thinks she is? I don't think so No. No, she's not. Not at all. Not by this a is, long shot. This is a family of dicks. That that's yes. what it is. Like this movie shows at the beginning. Like, yeah, they're nice with each other. Yeah. But anyone right outside of their circle, nope. Get out of I here. I love when they say, um, you know, Amy is is bashing her before she even gets there. It's saying, oh, she has that uh, throat clearing tick, and she was talking about herself the whole time, and so she's self conceited and all this stuff. And they're like, but Amy, you don't like anybody. <laughs> And Amy's like, I love you, speaking to um, the brother's uh, partner. And he goes, that took years for you to to love me, like me, let alone love me, as you do now. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I know a friend that's exactly like that. (laughs) It's like, I don't like you. I don't don't know you. I don't like you. Those things are, they have to go together. So, um, yeah, I love the Amy character. But that she's like the tip of the iceberg because the family might perceive her as being really aggressive and, and overtly uh, terrible toward Meredith, but the family is passive aggressive and not like uh, passive underhanded may not be even the word. You're right. You're right. They're not that passive about it. No. And especially their facial expressions, which is my issue because whenever I meet somebody that I don't like, my face gives it away. (laughs) So um, I feel like this is a family of, of me a little bit <laughs> with how they are not having a good poker face and not hiding their emotions and being just very um, short with her. And it was a little bit damning, I think, for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I am terrible. I need to fix it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, she's not as and bad. And the mom... I think moms and parents in general are held to a higher standard, especially when they are meeting a new person, meeting their son, their children's significant others. And there needs to be a little bit of grace, man, because there is so much pressure on the person coming into this space that isn't familiar with these people, wants to make a good impression. And the mom, usually moms lead the pack in this, set a good example. And she did not. I agree. Diane Keaton did not. I agree that moms should do that. Like they, they should be the one to know what that feeling is. Mm. And, and usually it's because they have experienced it in their life at some point, you know, 
Like they know what it is to walk into a house that they don't belong in at that time, being introduced to everyone for the first time, trying to make that impression, knowing that I am trying my best to mm-hmm. make sure I don't either look like a fool or don't, you know, yeah. do any faux pas. Don't give them a reason to hate me. Right. And yeah. so usually a mom in that moment sh- should be the one like, I understand what it is. I'm, you know, I'm here with you. Trying to make trying com- to as make comfortable as, as possible. comfortable as possible. But so not making sarcastic comments right. and, you know, making her feel bad. Right. And, Keaton, and, like, and again, totally- it's because this is the first time they're meeting this woman. It's not like, yes. it's not like an ongoing situation where like they've known her already for some time and they're already mm. sick of her and like, oh, right. Oh, who didn't put the coffee back? And like, obviously she knows because everybody else knows the rules of the house, but she doesn't because she's new. She doesn't the know the rules. The fucking coffee. Oh my right. God. So the coffee thing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's directly after she tells Everett. No. Yes. Yeah, that is. Then she comes down, has a hissy about the coffee not being yeah. uh, turned on or whatever. Like yeah. nobody made a new pot. And poor Meredith is like, I was cleaning out <laughs> the coffee pot and then I was going to make more. And like, it was like an extreme overreaction. She should have never, because who else in the house would not know the rule about the coffee pot? It's like, it's it, being she didn't mean think it for through. no reason. Yeah. It's being she mean had, for no reason. It was an explosive thing. And like, she didn't think it through, but like, had she thought it through for a second, she would have been like, oh, it has to be Meredith that is taking care of the coffee. Right. I will say that at, for as much as the family is uh, pretty much jerks to her th- for most of the movie, the only one that n- may get a pass is the father. The father. The yes. father, you know. I think he's generally sweet to her. Yeah, he 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 talks to her. He he looks out at the other ones like, hey, you know, let's yeah. make her feel welcome. Let's, you know, let's buckle down for <laughs> for a little while. You know, she she's coming in. The only time you ever see him be mad or rude to her is during the conversation, the conversation oh. at the dinner table. You want to go yes. ahead and get in that now? Let's go ahead. Because I said before, I'm now on record as saying she, there's no reason for the family to shit on her until maybe the dinner scene. Right. So <clears throat> this so. is this is a big moment in the movie where we get an entire conversation centered around Thaddeus, who, mm-hmm. uh, the deaf son who is gay uh, has a partner and the I think the topic starts with they're talking about wanting to have kids and adoption and yes. Sarah Jessica Parker's Meredith asks the question have you decided on the race or do no. you know Claire no. Danes asks do you have a preference you do know you for the child's race you know right so oh, and they yeah. said no we don't care about that at all we just we want a baby and then and Sarah then. Jessica Parker kind of took it one step further, and and she said, "Do you? Oh man, what did she say? Uh, it was something about um, the child being gay, possibly being gay." Right. So that part comes up. I that, think she said something about nature versus nurture as well. Oh uh, yes, that was the question. How, where do you stand on nature versus nurture? Where, you know, depending on how you feel about it, you know, growing up in a household where gay people 
or, you know, you have gay parents, it could lead to, you know. The child may also the, be gay. Right. Because and of so that. that led to like a playful thing from Diane Keaton's character. Oh, yes. Yes, I, yes, yes. I wish that all my boys when they were growing up were gay. You know, like I, I dreamed that all of you would be gay. And then it was completely joking, joking. And then like the, even the kids were like, Ben was like, I should asked, be gay. <laughs> I should be yeah. gay. Uh, but yeah, mom was asking me already when I was nine, you know, and stuff <laughs> yes. like that. And then she was like, oh, I, I lost hope with you long time ago. Yeah. It's this gentle it's, it's living like, from the family and they're playing it out. Like it's not offending them at this point and they're truly playing it out. Right. They're just playing, playing it, down. it down because this is a family that obviously does have a gay son. So they know about the conversations that they would probably have if Meredith wasn't there. They've probably had conversations in the past. Yeah. It Obviously like they're very, very accepting. Inside jokes yeah. Inside jokes. A kind of vibe from it. So the thing is that Meredith takes the statement she a little took, too seriously. She took the joke as She seriously. took the joke seriously. She said, you can't be serious hoping that your sons would be gay. And she she basically asks like it took sucked all the air out of the room. Yeah, it sucked all the air out of the room, and she basically even insinuates by saying, you know, why would you want to make their life harder? Right. Basically, say basically saying that you know being gay is a harder life is what she's implying. You would want your child to have any yeah an easier life, so why would you you know wish for a gay child? Right. And and then on top of that, then she goes to. Thaddeus' partner, she digs herself into a hole by bringing in Thaddeus' partner by saying, you get what I'm saying because of the fact that he's he's black. He's black and, um, uh, yeah, people, yeah. Yeah, so so it's a cringeworthy conversation that you're just like, you're basically want to tell Meredith, shut up, please stop talking. Just shut up, just stop talking. Stop talking. It is awful. And then, and again, okay, I want to pause here because yeah. this is part of why I think Claire Danes is a terrible sister, is because if my sister, if I was at, you know, like somebody's right. house, somebody's my house. sister's trying to make a good impression, I know that she's struggling, I know that she's nervous, and she goes off and says something like that. Like a rant of some weird see time. the reaction of the family before she dug herself. Leg. Kick to the leg. Um. Or, or interrupt her and be like, oh, Bex, you know, like, whatever, and try and stop it ahead yeah. of time. Claire Danes doesn't do shit in nothing. that moment. Nothing at all. She showed up for nothing in that for moment. For nothing. It was, Steals her man. Steals her man. Steals her man. <laughs> no. So, anyway, it's, it's, so that moment is extremely painful. And then on top of that, this is what leads me to what I was saying, Craig T. Nelson's character finally, like, has to put a stop yeah. because she goes... And he's like, that's enough. And then finally she like asks, and then like he slams down on the table and just yells at her, that is enough. And then like he calms down for a moment, but it's too late at that point. The damage is done. The damage is done. She has made a mess of a situation that should not have become messy to begin with. The thing is, I, she was completely in the wrong for like, First of all, not taking the joke as a joke. Right. That That's <laughs> like, easily a joke. That's easily a joke. Um, so she didn't get the humor. Number no. two, for even 
bringing it up when it could be considered offensive. Number three, for keep keeping on with the conversation right. when you can see that they're all uncomfortable and they want her to stop. Like, she didn't read the room at all. No, terrible reader of the room. So, like, all of these things taken together, yes, it's a not a good thing. But if you... If you break out down like what she was saying, like I kind of understand like where she was coming from with it, in a sense. Especially at the time where this movie was made. Oh no! And then two thousand five, like, going back to two thousand five. Going for back sure. to two thousand five, there was there was a view that you know for people coming out, there was a view of like it's a struggle having that lifestyle. Like uh, yeah. it is. People would even say like it was a burden you know hiding that in your life like you couldn't come out because of fear because of different Mm -hmm. things like whether it was your family whether it was people around you or and there was a lot of times where uh, we see in media back you know even in the 90s or 2000s like there was a bit of like a homophobia of like you know (laughs) whoa whoa you know i'm not gay uh," and like like there was this panic of like being even associated with being gay Mm -hmm. so so that's where this conversation kind of stems from. It stems from that era of media and the way it was portrayed, where it was, it was, you know, it was terrifying. There's definitely like a stigma around it. There was a stigma and around it. There were, you know, so I just, I, but I also understand why she was like, if, if she didn't get the joke, she didn't get the joke. No. So she says, you know, I'll, but why would, you wouldn't wish for a gay child. And I don't think anybody out there is is specifically wishing for a gay child. I think everyone's kind of like, whatever so. at this point. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think so. But then again, I, I don't know. So I, I kind of like understand a little bit like what she's kind of touching on, but she just did it so bad. And it's not, Terribly. it's not. But again, it was a why joke. Why would you that ever voice that? Like, why would she ever voice that? Why? And it's just, why? It was so bad. It's just a. I would say a comedy of errors, but it's not even a comedy, man. It is just flat out embarrassing she just, for her. As soon as she didn't get the joke, it was quicksand. Yeah. Like, it was quicksand. <laughs> she, like, she was just like, She was not getting out of it. No, and she just and kept I, like digging herself. And in. you just feel so bad because you're like, why? 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 Why are you doing this to yourself? It's so painful to watch. And... On the first um, weekend that you're really, meeting the family, that, but that's but that's her first offense. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's her, her first, first offense. offense. Yeah. That's her first offense. Leading up to that, like she's trying, you know, she's, she's making a meal that is, you know, very special to her and her family and her sister. Mm, she's making yes. that for Christmas. Like she's making a meal. Obviously, she doesn't know that she Everett doesn't. Like mushrooms, or is allergic. Know that he's allergic to. He's mushrooms, allergic to mushrooms. She didn't, she didn't, know. didn't know that, and <laughs> that's played up for laughs. <laughs> uh, you know, at at charade. You know, there. You know, she. Oh, yeah. Amy, Amy, um, does her dirty because she yeah. gives her. Um, I don't remember what it was, but it has something the word black wears in it. black. Some yes. the, the something wears black. The the bride wears black. The bride something? wears black. Yes. Yes. So so. She knew it was touchy already because the weekend rep was representative of she could become a sister-in-law. She could marry the brother. Right. So bride. And then I don't know why. So she, <laughs> she she's thing. trying to go for the fourth <laughs> word because they're not getting it. So They're not getting it. So she's there trying to rack her brain, but it turns out that her hand, 
I don't know if it was involuntarily or something. I, I think I it was. Give her the I want to give her doubt. the benefit of the doubt, and too. I don't think she was pointing at all. No, but like her finger happened to be in the general direction of that Park- is partner. Yeah, Parker, right? Is his Parker. name? Um, yeah, I'm bad at names, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but it so was, it, yeah, and just so, pointing, and Amy points it she out. She knew what, the, what it was. She knew the, yeah, because the, she picked it out for her. Yeah, and so then she like points it out. I like, can't believe you're I pointing can't at believe him. you're pointing at him. And you're, as an audience member, if you've never seen it, you're like, what, what, what is she trying to insinuate yeah. there? And then when Ben reads the title or, you know, when they read the title after she's left. Well, she gets extremely flustered and yeah, walks away. And walks like, away. Because No, I didn't. So I didn't do her. that. I, yeah. She doesn't want to be, she's like, I'm not a racist. <laughs> right. And so then they read what the title was and it's the bride wears black. And so. I I I Even honestly believe. Was like, come on, Amy. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. I honestly believe that she was. She did not point in, you know, in actual earnest. I just think that her finger was, you know, just happens yeah. to be in that general direction. So I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. Now, the other thing that is questionable for for <laughs> Meredith is that she wakes up in Ben's bed. Oh yeah, and the dad is the one that stumbles on that information. Yes. So, you know, if, if that would have gotten out to the rest of the family at that moment, if oh, that, yeah, like if it wasn't damning. the dad that ran in, if it oh, was yeah, Amy no. or if it was the mom, mm-hmm. like that would have been a completely different situation. Like it's mm-hmm. over for her at that moment. Yeah. The only person so, that could have run in is the dad. So she, comp- comp- you know, does a bunch of, faux pas for the family steps on their toes inadvertently and then the dinner table conversation is i think what seals it for all of them they kind of just hate her at this point yeah except for ben ben loves her ben loves her ben loves her uh but the christmas morning gift opening when she's trying to avoid everett's conversation with her she's like i don't know what i just don't want to deal with you right now so she diverts to oh i have gifts and they didn't even think that she was going to bring gifts and they're like we didn't we didn't get anything for you which again, if you knew she was coming, just get her a little something, something, a little like, something, you know, something, a little yeah. something. You gotta know so, that. Like right you gotta now, know that. like Come I, on. I know that even though it's gonna be right after Christmas, like my sister's boyfriend is coming into town. Yeah. I have a little present for him, you know, because he's he's been around enough, and and that's with someone that has been around already for a little while now. Like I got him a present, you know. So she gives him all these gifts. Um, Cause she came prepared and they each get the same gift. It's a beautifully framed with a mat and a black and white photo of Diane Keaton um, pregnant, which Diane Keaton's never been pregnant. So what they did was they took a young a photo of her when she was young and kind of digitally manipulated it so that it looked like she was pregnant and it completely sends the family. Like they, they are completely taken aback. They're all super emotional because of her terminal diagnosis and i think in that moment it fixes everything for her i think in that moment they forgive her and realize that they've been total dicks about the whole situation they are awful that you know family is more important maybe we should think this through and get over our shit amy's the one that's in tears like she was the biggest like critic of her and she's completely in tears like moguls and everything yes Tries to apologize to her in the middle of her, like, fit of crying. 
And then then all things <laughs> go downhill because Everett, she's like, no, Everett, I don't want to talk to you. I, I don't want to marry you. And he's like, I wasn't going to ask you. <laughs> so this brings me to, I think, the the biggest and probably the like the last like main theme or plot point that I want to talk about before we get into favorite lines and stuff. How did you feel about the fact that the sisters basically swap oh. brothers? Um, I think it's gross. Yes. <laughs> I yes. think it's so gross. Family is off limits when it comes to dating. Like if you're dating yeah. that person. Okay. So yeah. I can understand if they started dating the brothers like separately or, or maybe they met the other brother what because they were together or whatever and they got together but the fact that they switch partners is during gross christmas. <laughs> during christmas gross i can understand they got to it separately you yeah. know what i'm saying like if it was like and different scenarios where and they're just like sisters and sister-in-laws that's fine sisters-in-law yeah. no i, I, feel like I don't have time, a problem the way that with, they got to it right i don't have switching. a problem with one sister ending up with one of the brothers and then the other sister ending up with the other brother. I don't have a problem with that part. No, no, no. What I have a problem with is one of them is with a brother already and decides... They have had sex. (laughs) And then decides during that Christmas holiday to swap (laughs) and go with the other brother. And the sister does the same thing. Yeah, she's like, Well, the sister wasn't with Ben. The sister wasn't Uh, with Ben originally. So... That's fine, but Everett but is... But one man has slept with two sisters. Yes, Everett now has slept with two Ugh, sisters. Gross. Probably within the span of... Because Nasty. I don't think he does it during that holiday, but... No, no, no. Like, eventually, within, basically within the span of at least a few months, he has been with two different sisters. He's been with Ugh. Sarah Jessica Parker, and then he's been with Claire Danes. Nasty. I, I hated that. I hated I the hate fact that... that fact. Yeah, no, I hated the fact that... Um, like Ben, like he, she should have been off limits. Oh yeah. She should have been off limits, but he kind of plays it like she's not off limits. Like, yeah. Like he has, he's got like a flirtation with her. He even says, I had a dream about you. Yes. Um, and she was like, what, (laughs) what was the dream about? Like, she's like a completely like. Out of left field, he's like, I had a dream about you. Yeah, taken so, aback by that. Yeah, and then his dream is so weird. Like it's he's like, weird. I had a dream. You were a child, and you were shoveling snow, and I was the snow. <laughs> and yeah. you were just picking me up and shoveling me. It is. And it's I was gross. like, what? It's gross. <laughs> if someone told me they had that dream about me, I'd be like, get help. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, though. It's gross. It's gross. That's nasty. All right, so. Outside of that, I think we could go ahead and we could talk about our favorite lines and our favorite scenes. Uh, let's let's start with our favorite lines. Do you have okay. any lines that like stand out to you that you really love or that you really enjoy? I I can't think of any. I can't think of any. Do you have? You go first. So I think one of my favorite lines is spoken by the dad. Um, this is when they're talking about Meredith, but they're also talking about their son, Everett. And it's, he mentions to Diane Keaton's character, you know, this is not a woman he knows very well, but if he doesn't know her very well, 
it may be that he doesn't know himself very well either. Oh, that's a great line. Yeah, like he that he, that's his worry. It's not necessarily about her that he's worried about. He's worried about his own son. Because yeah, he seems lost. He seems lost. Cuz she's so you know, if she's a reflection of him. Right. And she's lost, then then it could be that our own son doesn't yeah, is lost. Yeah, cuz she as seems well. unsure of herself. Right. So yeah. So I really enjoyed that line. I thought it spoke volumes of how he views the family, how he views his kids, how he mm. views his son. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that line. Uh, did, did anything come to mind for you? Um, I think it's kind of a throwaway line when she gets plastered with her, her, the thing that she made. Yes. And they open the kitchen door and it's like all over her, like egg and all the materials are all over her. And she starts crying and they're trying to like clean her up and stuff. And she goes, what's so great about you guys? And and (laughs) Diane Keaton's like, nothing, nothing. We're terrible. Like she's trying to like (laughs) kind of make her feel better because she's covered in egg and looks ridiculous. And she's been embarrassed by the son because he's not going to marry her. And it, it's just a, a moment I think of levity because they go for the comedy in that moment. And I just like how they're just like, no, we're not better than you. Nothing's, there's nothing wrong with you. And it's all us. And I, I like that part. I like those signs. <laughs> What's so great about you guys anyway? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's a good one. Uh, another one, again, the dad coming in with like little, little things. Mm. And he's, when, when he like huddles the family in the <laughs> living room and he's like, we will try to welcome her back in. Like a civilized family <laughs> might. Yes. <laughs> He's like trying to like keep it all too. together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's oh, <man>. stop it. Quayo <laughs> <laughs> shit. Okay. Favorite scene. Favorite scene. Ooh. This is, man, there's, there's a couple of scenes that I, I do enjoy. I have a clear, Go. clear favorite scene. So it's the ending scene. Um, that's you know, it's the scene. combination of the music kind of doing its own thing, like being emotional on its own and playing up this like idyllic scene, harmony and peace reign now that, um, you know, they've kind of gotten over their differences and realize that family comes first and they're way more mature <laughs> than they were a year ago and everyone's paired up. The baby's in the family. So it's like as one life leaves, one life comes in to to kind of replace the joy and fill that gap and make the family kind of rally around around someone else, something else, um, which I find so sweet. And then they're decorating the tree. Rachel McAdams is carrying uh, in her hand the Christmas ornament that Diane Keaton was holding at the beginning of the movie. So it's Definitely full circle there. I love full circle things when they do that in the movies. And, of course, like, they end on Rachel McAdams totally stealing the show with this, like, very emotional glance at her mother's portrait hanging next to the Christmas tree. The one that (laughs) Meredith gave them a year ago and they didn't deserve, (laughs) essentially. Um so I just, I love it. It's very much that, you know, this, this, the mother, the matriarch is looking over them as they trim the tree and are together again for Christmas as they come together. 
Yes. And it, I just get really emotional, and it's not a lot of dialogue, and no. you know, but I just love it. I love the culmination of it. It's like wrapping it with a, you know a little bow on top. Yeah, it it really is. Um, yeah, that because that is the powerful. Grief, you know, through the grief, there's there's happiness, and through the grief, you you bond still, and you you learn to live without that person in your life. Agreed. Uh, so I have two scenes that like jump out at me when when I uh, think about the movie. Uh, one of them is a more fun scene. It's with when Meredith is you know finally letting loose at the bar at the at the pub she meets brad (laughs) and then she's like brad 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 stevenson (laughs) aren't you the guy who popped amy's cherry and like the look of awkwardness mortified mortified look on his face (gasps) is just crazy hilarious uh but i'm gonna buy you a drink (laughs) (laughs) she's great oh man so that one is good and the other one that really uh, got me, and it's a small moment in a larger scene, and it is when we have, right after Meredith leaves from the very, very awkward conversation that has happened uh, at this entire table, and it's when Diane Keaton throws the fork over oh, at Thaddeus, no, stop. and she is signing but saying it at the same time. Hey, you. And you are more normal than any other asshole sitting at this table. Right, because she said in the midst of her digging her little self into a, a hole that wouldn't you want a normal child? Right, you wouldn't you want a normal child? Right? Uh, and yeah. then so that's af- why she says you're more normal. You're than more normal. Here. And then even right after that, once she's done and like they nod and she said he says okay, she says okay. And she goes, okay, I, I need a fork. Because she's, she threw her fork, <laughs> threw to, her get, fork. <laughs> to get his attention. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I found like that moment very, 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 very memorable. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, again, oh, I'm so I, glad. Think, I think that like the family is terrible to her for no reason. They are. Know, and the first time point. I watched it, I didn't realize how bad they were being to her. I was just like, oh, yeah, she deserved. I don't think she, I necessarily thought she deserves it, but I was just like, oh, man, she's weird. Why would they deal with that? Like, she's so awkward. How could she say that? How could she do that? Why is she dressed like that? How could, can she mimic what they're doing and saying, like, you know, kind of try and fit in a little bit. Don't stick out so much. And now when I'm watching it, I'm like, they're assholes. They're terrible. They're how can they say terrible. that? How how can they do that? Yeah. Uh, so uh, a couple little fun facts about yeah. the movie. Uh, one of them was that basically as a nod to her character in Sex and the City, uh, yeah. Meredith also has like a fun desire about fabulous shoes. She, she you know, she, she has, has shoes. Them. Yeah. yeah, she has some really nice <laughs> shoes and everything like that. Um there's a fun fact about the photo, right, Jessica? I said it, yeah, that she they uh, doctored the photo, basically, to look like she was pregnant because Diane Keaton has no children. No. And so there wouldn't be pregnancy photos. Um, but then I think you, you'd you like to say this one because you love Michael Giacchino. Yes, I do. I think he's a great musical composer. Uh, definitely check out his music. But 
Uh, basically, what he did was he re-recorded the instrumental track of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, the way it appears in the movie Meet Me in St. Louis from 1944, mm-hmm. which I believe stars Judy Garland, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it uh, does. Dupli- so he basically duplicated every note and matching every tempo of the original orchestration. Uh, then he programmed simultaneously to enhance Judy Garland's voice the vocals mm-hmm. on the track. So both tracks appear on the film's soundtrack album. So that way you can listen and appreciate how closely the new yes. recording matches the vintage one. Right. Because Wild. the vintage one is when they're actually watching the movie. Suzanne is watching it. Um, well, Amy's asleep on the couch next to her. Right. And, and so you hear the original. And then at the end, I they have the, yeah. Oh my Christmas. gosh. Yes. Wonderful. The new one. Wonderful. song. We recorded, so, which is so much work. I can't believe he did that. <laughs> I mean, that that's a guy who. That's is, another kind of restoration. <laughs> he is, he is a guy that is at the top of his craft. He he knows what he's mm. doing, Michael Giacchino. Uh, with I think that's it though. The Family yeah, Stone. Yeah, no, we're done. We, we I did had it. a great time talking about the Family Stone and every movie in this miniseries that we did. I think that we we have differing opinions on uh, just friends, but I. You know, I'm an advocate for that movie, for that <laughs> rom-com. Um, but yeah, if you have the chance to watch any of these movies during this week with your family, with with your friends, if you're not going to see your family or what have you, I think each one offers a different kind of comfort. Yes, yes, it does. Um, whether it's that belonging of a family, you know, I think that the family stone delivers on that. Uh, whether it's love that you're looking for for the holidays you have just friends and then you know if you think gratitude is gratitude yeah for the family um, for the family man wronging mistakes yes you know this is usually a time of reflection writing mistakes i should say yeah writing mistakes not wronging mistakes yeah that would be weird if you're wronging mistakes but then again you're wronging a mistake so So mistake was right so two wrongs do make a right yeah uh but yeah, like if you're, especially during this time now, most people are looking back at the year, you know, what they've done, how they went about it, would they change anything? That's a perfect theme for the family man. So uh, yeah, definitely check out these movies. Let us know what you think about them uh, on social media at Always Critic Pod. You can let us know on Facebook, on our Facebook page. You can let us know on Instagram or Twitter what you feel about these movies. Uh, do you agree with how we feel about these movies? Maybe you love them even more than we do, or maybe you think, why did they choose these movies? <laughs> it, it's all up to you. Just let us know how you feel about that. Um, next week, we will not be doing a Christmas movie. We're but going super. We are going super, super. So grab <laughs> your lassos and put on your 80 synth because we are going to be talking about <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 next week. Yep. Really excited about that. I'll be wearing my fanny pack. (laughs) I'm really excited about that. Parachute pants. Parachute pants? Does everybody parachute now? So (laughs) I'm I'm excited for that. And uh, this is a movie that a lot of people are going to get to see because it's going to be released on HBO Max the same day it's in theaters. The same day, which is how I'll be probably seeing it. You'll probably be seeing it on (laughs) On HBO HBO, Max. I already got tickets. My mom has been super excited. She is a huge Wonder Woman yes, fan. Yes, my dad dropped his knife and fork the when <laughs> for Thanksgiving, and we saw a trailer on TV, and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna come out on Christmas Day," and he loves Wonder Woman, and he like he dropped his fork. He was like, "Oh my god, what? 
<laughs> and he had just this great moment. I mean, he's like a kid when it comes to some movies. And, uh, you know, if they, t- it's kind of the same reaction to, oh, they're coming out with another Die Hard movie. <laughs> right. That- like he loves Wonder Woman, grew up watching Wonder Woman. So, um, so yeah. I can't wait to, to share that with the whole family and uh, watch it Christmas Day. Yes. Catch it with us and then we'll talk about it, guys. Exactly. So uh, I want to wish everyone a happy holiday. Merry Christmas to everyone who does celebrate Christmas. If you celebrated Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah. Or as <laughs> Smokey <laughs> no, Robinson no, no. would say, happy Chinooka. Uh, <laughs> happy holidays to everyone. And I uh, can't wait oh. to talk about Wonder Woman next week. That has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.